Okay, so I have some bonus questions here, which are short form. I just want to, these can be very short answers, but I want to run through these before we go to Q&A. If you had one piece of advice for someone who wanted to succeed in your field, what would it be? Succeed in evolutionary psychology. Um, well, like if you actually want to go to grad school and study it, then just uh, read more than your peers and go to a place that has smarter peers than you are and don't take grad school too seriously. Don't take, I tell my PhD students this, like it, don't work over the summers, go have a life and learn things. You're studying psychology and you should understand people. Hmm. So if you don't have life experience, understanding people and emotions and preferences and mating and all that stuff, you bring nothing to the table in terms of your personal experience as a scientist. And I think I've seen a kind of um, flattening of behavioral scientists where people who went into psychology 30 years ago were kind of vivid, interesting, quirky people. But now the quirkiness seems to have been beaten out of them through the pressure to succeed so young. And the result is you get folks who really don't have very much experience of the world giving their opinions about things and developing research hypotheses and testing them where they're not, they're not well-rounded people. So I think having um, just a lot more life experience and a little bit less of, of being a, a bookworm mm. goes a long way. Mm. What, if anything, do you wish you'd done differently in your 20s or 30s or 40s? You can, you can pick the relevant decade. Oh, what don't I wish I'd done differently? Oh, so I think many, this all goes back so to polyamory somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it's really, we talked about this before coming on stage, getting the balance right between doing kind of academic work and public outreach and, and book publishing and teaching. And, you know, I always knew I wanted to be some kind of public intellectual or have some kind of public impact with my thinking. But as distinct from being an academic. As distinct right. from just publishing journal papers. Right. But there's not a clear career trajectory for how to do that. Mm. And the role models that there are are the ones who are already famous, and it's kind of hard to get their attention. So uh, if you want to follow that route, find as many good mentors as you can. And I think I did succeed in doing that uh, to some degree. But I kind of wish in a way that I'd, I'd followed a slightly more conventional academic path for the first uh, 10 years post-PhD, because I think that would have opened, in the long run, a lot more opportunities to me. Mm. So 10 years from now, what do you think you'll regret doing too much of now or not enough of now? Uh, too much Twitter. Mm. Too much Twitter. Well, when I learned about the AIX risk stuff last summer and really started to take it seriously and read about it, in, in kind of a deep way, I thought, okay, if I was a completely rational person, I would go all in on this. This would be 100% of my life. I would go completely into worker B, asexual mode, save the world, no relationships, no friendships. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for a rational utilitarian who really confronts the magnitude of the risk, it's very tempting to feel like you have to do that 
On the other hand, um, what I hope I'll do is just remember that I should, I should try to hang out with the smartest other people in the world who are working on this problem and actually tackle it together because it's, mm. it's something that is going to require a concerted effort by thousands of people um, with all different skill sets, uh, talking the same language and, and pushing for the same goal, which is avoid uh, extinction in this century. What negative experience, one that you would not want to repeat, has most profoundly changed you for the better? I think I had, uh, I had a fairly infamous um, social media witch hunt thing that happened about five years ago that really tuned me into the issues of free speech, viewpoint diversity, um, online mobbing, the kind of social dynamics of um, demonization. And I think that made me a better person in the sense that I was sort of ahead of the curve in being able to see when that happened to other people, mm -hmm. I could reach out to them and be supportive and try to give advice to them and try to work within my own university and in the culture at large and trying to, to dampen down those, those tendencies and try to get people to sort of stop and think, what, what are you really doing when you're um, shaming somebody, virtue signaling, using your moral outrage circuits? Um, is this really for the greater good or is this just, you know, you showing off to your friends, these are my values, look at me, yay. Mm. No. Um, so... But you, you think you're better for having had that experience? It, it just... Well, it awakened hurt. you to a social problem that you can now. Yeah, focus I'm, on? I'm, there's a very small silver lining in a very big cloud, but um, yeah, I think unless you've been through a social media shame fest, it is extremely hard to really understand the dynamics of it and how toxic can it can be in in public culture. Mm. Did you ever, have you read the John Ronson book? So you've been publicly yes. shamed, yeah. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good book. If I, I, yeah. I should get John on the podcast, but it's a very entertaining read, and it's amazing what's happened to some people. I mean, they, they, the, I guess the, the Justine Sacco incident was the, mm. the real mind-blower here, but this is, if you hadn't heard about this case, this is a woman who, she, I think she had like maybe 150 followers on Twitter, and she was going to Africa, I think she was going to South Africa to see family, but she was about to get on a plane for you know, 16 hours, and she tweeted, going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS, just kidding, I'm white. And I mean, it was a, you know, a bad joke, but it was clearly a, it was clearly a send up of racism. I mean, this was not a white power signal. And she got on the plane, and in the period of, of that flight, her life completely unraveled, and yeah, I mean, just it became the, like the number one trending topic on Twitter somehow. And uh, you know, she landed only to have her phone like physically detonate in her hands. <laughs> and I don't even—I I don't know what's happened since. But she may she may still be kind of underground. But yeah, it's a it's a good book.